0: Welcome, Noel Blank. That's what I'm talking about. We we
1: just
0: Hi, Kelly. Hi, Martin. Hi. Hi, Noel. How are you today?
1: Well certainly I feel you, as
0: Daffy say. <laughs> well, geez, Daffy um I was wondering if Tasmanian's there yeah. oh no <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I did all the voices.
0: What about? you did a
1: few after he passed about thirty-three years ago.
0: Well, that's what I was wondering. Um, when it comes to uh, all of the different, I I was thinking. You know, I was looking at that, and I remembered. I even remembered Captain Caveman. Do oh, you sure. do you remember, Captain, remember. Cave-Man.
1: Captain Caveman? His later stuff: Speed Buggy, Captain Caveman, Heart, Heathcliff, a whole bunch of things that he did for Hanna Barbera in later years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I loved all those and I mean all of them. I mean, of course, naturally Bugs Bunny um and well, that's,
1: yeah. Bugs Bunny uh, along with Warner Brothers is having its uh, 100th anniversary uh, right now.
0: I can't believe it's been a 100 years. Can you?
1: 100 years for Warner's, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, that's They
1: started doing talkie movies before any of the other studios. And that was uh a
0: hundred years ago, wow, um uh did you by chance know Alan Ruoff? I believe that's his name. N- no he was a set designer back in the day prior to i mean of course he he's um he was an architect as well as soon as the uh talkies when the talkies came in when it was silent, he decided to go ahead into um building and he built the public library of l a and then spec homes out this way in the Inland Empire and um, I didn't know if you might have known Alan Ruoff because I've sold a couple of oh. his beautiful homes here in Southern California. Oh, yes. mm-hmm.
1: Well the San Bernardino County had some magnificent pieces of uh, architecture in that era hundred years ago.
0: Absolutely. More than that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I understand you venture this way because you like to get up to Big Bear. Yeah we're up
1: in about six months out of the year, where my dad was honorary mayor for 33 years. He uh, wrote the song one night with Jack Benny, when, who used to come up there all the time with his daughter and, and her friends, and uh, stay at our little guest house there. And, uh, they, my dad stayed up one night, all night, writing a song, and then played it for Benny the next morning, and he loved it. It was called uh, Big Bear Lake. You, It's online. You can Big Bear Lake with the motorboats of Putnam. And uh, Jack played it on his television show, I mean, his radio show back, back then, actually, 1948, and it was a hit. And uh, so uh, he became honorary mayor for 33 years up there. <laughs> Is and it... my dad's name was Mel Blank, and of course, we haven't mentioned that.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course, we haven't mentioned that. But I, you know, Noel, I, I wanted to kind of talk to you about just how, because My dad was extremely, or he is still very, extremely charismatic. He's a salesman, appliance salesman for years, retired at 49, went into his own little business. Um, I see there was a fix it business, your dad did. But um, when it comes to, he has a little antique shop. So there's some parallels here with a very charismatic dad. Um, I'm kind of the, the daughter and of course I, I sell things now because he said, well, honey, everybody needs a refrigerator, so I might as well sell them. And I kind of went larger and I said, well, everyone needs a house, I might as well sell them. (laughs) So in a way, you and I, we've both kind of gleaned off of our fathers, but yet we've made it into this most yummy, scrumptious uh, life for ourselves. Yes, it
1: was a lot of fun working with my dad also for over 35 years. We we had the office together called Mel Blank Associates at the beginning and then Blank Communications and uh, Warner Blank in later years.
0: Well you know what fascinated me too was when I was looking at your dad and your story and of course um, uh, I, I was shocked that he did so many things and was paid so little all that hard work eventually did pay off but he really put in that work Prior to, oh, yeah, they
1: were giving him forty-eight dollars a week first, and uh, after the first three or four years, and Bugs Bunny was quite a bit of a hit by that time. Uh, so, the rest of the Looney Tunes, Porky Pig was number one uh, because it started a couple of years before Bugs did. But then Tweedy and Sylvester and the rest of them, he's still being paid forty-six dollars or forty-eight dollars a week. He asked for the raise, and uh, they finally said, "Okay, we'll give you sixty dollars a week." But uh, he he said, well, well, can't you put my name actually on the cartoons and say voice characterizations by Mel Blanc? And they said, well, okay, we'll give you that instead of the raise." He said, all right. And that was the great thing that happened for my dad because uh, everybody that went to cartoons at that time, there was no television in the 30s and 40s, early 40s. And uh, they saw his name on the theater cartoon, you know, every... 50 million people going to the theater every every week. And they saw his name on the bottom. It's a bell Blank. So the people who were producing radio shows uh, said, gee, if he can do that many voices, he can do one of the voices on our radio show. And he at one time was doing 18 radio shows oh my a week, gosh. if you can imagine.
0: No, I can't because I could barely uh handle this sweet little podcast that i absolutely love and I, I feel like um the spirit of your father's come inside of me because i don't have anybody helping me or setting me up or lighting or fluffing my hair out or <laughs> i just and i i'm making the calls and i you know but i your daddy and you have really it's so neat how um i'm able to make this connection and talk with you via kara Wilson Granite, and she just talked the world of you and your wife, and um, now it's bridged into this, and now I get to talk with you. I mean, it's just oh,
1: she's a a wonderful writer, you know. Yes, Uh, she started writing when she was very young for us, and uh, many, many, many years ago, and she uh, really bloomed into an incredible writer and a terrific lady.
0: You know, I was I was so delighted to have her uh, most recently here on Monday, just this same week. And um, I I am faith based. Are you faith based, sir? Do you Do you believe in God?
1: I'm sorry, I, I you, uh, you're standing back away from the microphone, so I get a tremendous echo. But go ahead. Oh, D- do I? Did I hear, or did I say what, or hear what?
0: I was just curious if you are faith-based. Do you believe in God? Sure. Oh, good. Because today is Holy Week, and it was so neat to know that I get to speak to you and Kara on Holy Week. I just feel very blessed, sir. The
1: whole week is Holy Week? I didn't know
0: that. Yes, today is actually Holy Thursday, and... Uh, it's a very special day, and I I know, I believe Passover started yesterday, correct? I'm not sure. Yes, but...
1: it, started, it started yesterday for me, too.
0: It's, this is so special to me, and I, I'm i very grateful, and I'm so sorry there's an echo. I, I'm disappointed. Yes, I,
1: uh, maybe it's, it's the distance from the microphone. That's the
0: problem. Yes, perhaps I should move. Um, you can let me know because we are able. How is this? Is this a little better? How is this? Well,
1: when you start to talk, I'll tell you.
0: Okay, how is this? I
1: have, I have to hear you talk. <laughs> as you're doing it, as you're moving closer, then I can tell you if it's better if it's closer to the light.
0: I'm moving farther away? Is that too far, or should I move closer?
1: Far too far.
0: Okay, so I will move very close to you, because I really want this to come out to be a nice conversation. I hate that. How well,
1: is... yes, if your voice is this echoey uh, when it's projected, uh you know how you thumb your nose at somebody? You go ha 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 ha. Thumb your nose at the microphone and stay that distance from it and see what it sounds like.
0: How is this now?
1: Getting much better. Are you? Did you thumb your nose at the microphone and measure it?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to. We are in the middle of a kitchen renovation, and my kitchen is out in my front room by my Alexa.
1: <laughs> so well, it's getting it's getting much better if you get closer to the mic. So that's good. I'm, I'm you know recording and. Directing my dad for all these years uh, He it was always mic placement. That was the most important thing when you have any type of podcast or radio show A mic placement is always the number one thing because uh, that's what makes it so much more conversational The closer you are to the mic a lot of people bury themselves in the mic like this and They don't need to be a great announcer, but they need to sound good when they're just whispering
0: Will oh you bear stuff. with me? It's very
1: strange. May- my dad used to do all kinds of things with a microphone.
0: Will you do me one big favor and audience as well? Cover your ears. I'm about to move something, and then I'm getting, like, a thumb, like you said, thumb it. Right now I'm moving.
1: It's a good sound
0: <laughs> It is. <laughs> well, actually, okay. How, how does this sound, Noel?
1: That sounds... So much better, I can't be. I hope you do all your shows in that position because uh, it's very, it it sounded like you were in a giant cavern before and very echoey. Now it's very personal.
0: Oh, I just think
1: this is great. (laughs) <laughs> have you done all your, have you done all your shows uh, that far away from the mic?
0: No, as a matter of fact, this is my first going to a landline and I was trying to figure all this out. Um, and you of all people, I, I'd love to talk to you about it because I know a lot of people are trying to get into podcasting. So this might be quite, quite good uh, advice. Well,
1: that's very not, Now you sound, you sound like you're right next door here. Or right next to me here it's great oh i love it's it totally totally different sound
0: oh this is this is the way to do it because to be real i wish i was right next to you i i just really enjoyed um getting to know you via the uh all the different interviews you've had and just it was just so much fun and looking at all the photographs and um you guys are so neat and what i really recognized is the love you have in your eyes with your dad um his embrace. Yeah, My, yes,
1: mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. family was very close. I was an only child. My dad and mom always remained close to me my whole life. And I worked with my dad every day. My mom uh, lived with my wife and myself for five years after my dad uh, passed away. And uh, so we were one big family here for a while. And then my mom passed away uh, uh, when she was 94. And uh, we had a great time with her, living with her, and she was always in good health until the day she passed.
0: Well, that's the secret to success. I just think it's just so important that we're close. Um, I I absolutely adore my family. My mom and dad are here and they live not too far north of El Monte, which is, we call it Baja Arcadia. (laughs) And they have that little (laughs) antique shop, which I happen to man on uh, Wednesdays for them just to give my dad a day off. And oh, um that yeah. Great. Oh sure. He's a pretty smart guy. He went ahead and um just put event one vendors in there and so he gets Tuesdays off. We're closed on Mondays and I work Wednesdays so he only works 4 days a week which is great for him, you know.
1: Oh, that's terrific. That's yeah, terrific.
0: You'll have to stop on still, by. He's
1: still he's still a young guy.
0: Well, I would say so. He was born in 1942. Yeah. Yeah. Um kinda of close William. to you guys. You guys are very similar, but, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm older than he is. Five <laughs> four years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you guys I'm sure you'd take him down and no, I mean actually he's <laughs> You guys are similar, right? (laughs) My dad dad can jump. We go up to Big Bear and we close it down for the winter because of the pipes and all that. And then we open it up kind of right around the time you go up. We open it up then and then we enjoy it until about mid-October. Close that up for the winter time and i know it seems a little strange because a lot of people will go up there and want to go snow skiing but we prefer to go up and enjoy the the lake
1: <laughs> that's exactly what we do we're on the halloween we come down here and uh at mid-april we go up there yeah and st- we stay up there we don't go past the dam for six months uh, super so we, smart uh, we do mm-hmm. in fact we bought a little house on the lake uh not we didn't we bought my mom and i actually discovered this little lot The day that Second World War ended, and uh, it was a beautiful little cove, but it looked out on the whole lake, and it didn't get much wind. And we brought my dad down; he caught a limit of fish, and uh, he said, "This is a great little cove, Uh, you know." And we spent picnics there, and he found out who owned the place, and the guy wanted six hundred dollars for the lot. It's almost a half an acre. And my dad said, "Well, that's that's reasonable even back then. That would be like sixteen thousand a day. Uh, so it's one of the best lots on the lake, and and no wind, and uh, at deep water. And he got it for six hundred dollars. Can you and imagine? We built the cabin for not much more than that, and it's ex absolutely the same cabin we ever had up there from the beginning, <laughs> uh, with all the same memorabilia and the chairs that Hans Conried and gosh, I have." all the really wonderful radio people at that time would come up there and uh luthio ball you know the whole bunch that was on radio at that time jack carson jack penny but luke costello uh you know all that kind of a, a wonderful hollywood radio bunch that worked together on so many shows and they'd all come up a couple of days during the whole summer oh,
0: that's and that's where
1: we spent it and still do
0: Oh, is, isn't that wonderful? It just tickles me so. Like I said, I, I feel as if we're paralleling a bit. I just, that was the first place I got away to after high school, and I just love Big Bear. And um, it's just, it's beautiful. I understand that you row um, when you get up there. You're very athletic. I uh, yeah,
1: row, e- row mm-hmm. every morning, go mm-hmm. down at about 6, 30, 7 o'clock, and row down the lake, sometimes all the way to the dam. Then I have a motor that I can start and piddle uh, back home. Or actually, I go pretty quick. It's a a good outboard, pretty fast. So 30 miles an hour, I'm home in a couple of minutes. And uh, after the long row, it's great.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know how you um, get back because there was a time where we took one of these um, large rafts and we thought it'd be a great idea to launch it over there by ski beach and um, swim beach. And we thought it'd be so much fun to pump up this large um, to Tahitian Island and we bought it and w- it was huge and uh, it was just myself and my fiance, his daughter and my daughter and we started paddling we didn't get very far because there was so much wind and then once we made it maybe not even, I can't even imagine, hardly anywhere. The wind kept bringing us back on Big Bear Lake. And then finally, when we decided we're done with this, this is ridiculous, um, we pulled that Tahitian um, raft. We even got it permitted. You know how you have to get a, anything permitted on the lake. So this raft, this silly little raft, is blowing and And the wind blow blew it over, and actually, I was underneath it like it was a house on top of me. (laughs) It was just this is just it was the most stupidest thing I've ever done on Big Bear Lake, but but very fun and memorable, you know. (laughs) So I couldn't imagine not having a motor on an anything uh, on Big Bear Lake. So I'm glad to hear you get to motor back to your place. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, there was a time there where I believe, um, she was from Partridge family. Uh, does she, you uh, know, do you know the actress? Shirley, Shirley
1: Jones. Mm-hmm. Shirley Jones.
0: She was in Big Bear, right? For a time. She lived,
1: she, yeah, she lives in, she still has her cabin there with, uh, Marty Ingalls is gone. She mm-hmm. still uh, shows up at different functions up there. Oh. Yeah, she's terrific lady, Shirley Jones.
0: Oh, how neat. Well, um, well, tell me a little bit about something that you want to tell me about.
1: Well, we're gonna stay with Big Bear because it's an interesting story that I have with Big Bear.
0: I want to stay with um, Big Bear. It's one of my most my, favorite
1: I mean, places. I used, you know, the summers everybody calls up and says, "This is so and so. This is so and so. Can I speak to Mel?" And they're doing imitation voices, whether it was, uh, you know, any of the great actors, Edward G. Robinson, or you know, you name it, James Cagney, uh, any singer, and uh, they would call up and try to trick Mel into saying, "Okay, who is this really?" We get a call one day from a fellow that I picked up the telephone and says, hello. And he says, hi, this is Elvis Presley. Now, I knew Elvis Presley was doing a movie up there. I had met him before a couple of times in Seattle, Washington, when he was doing it, happens on the World's Fair. And uh, it sounded like Elvis, but I point to my dad, I says, and I put my hand over the receiver, I says, Elvis is calling you. My dad laughs. He grabs the phone, he says, hello, Elvis, and Elvis goes, hi, Mel, you know, uh, I'm doing the picture up about a mile and a half above you in Cedar Lake, and I'd like to come down and see you, and my dad says, uh, oh, sure, Elvis, you know, he winks at me, because I can hear his voice with the telephone, too, he winks at me, he says, come on down, Elvis, he says, okay, I'll be there in about 10, 15 minutes, I'm driving a, a Cadillac Convertible, Black Cadillac Convertible. And he says, okay, Elvis, we'll see you. And he looks at me, he hangs, my dad hangs it up and looks at me and says, oh boy, this is going to be a good one. Who is this idiot that's trying to impersonate Elvis Presley? <laughs> and uh, about 10 minutes later, we're, we walked up to the top of the driveway and there comes a black Cadillac down and it's Elvis driving alone. Unbelievable. And he, he pull, pulls, into the, and pulls into the driveway, looks at the old cabin. He says, "Hey, Mel, let's uh, go inside, take a look." He's always directing traffic. We all walk in after he hugged Mel. You know, said, "Do Porky, do Daffy, do Tweety, do Sylvester, whatever it might be." We walk in, and there's a big window that overlooks the lake, and the boats were very close to us there. And he says, "Uh, "Is that your boat?" And Mel says, "It said Bugs Bunny on the back of the boat, of course, on the transom." And uh, Dad says, "Yeah, that's that's the boat. You want to go for a ride?" He says, "Sure." He says, I like to drive. Well, all every movie star or whoever it might be to come up, they like to drive, they always wanna drive a boat. So dad gives him the boat and he says, now remember Elvis, it's only five miles an hour for the buoys out there, but then you can go faster. So Elvis doesn't listen and of course, we're sitting three abreast in the seat. He cranks it up and we're doing 40 miles an hour out of the cove, down the lake going about 40. And all of a sudden, a faster boat I see in the back, jumps our way, passes us, and then the guy looks at us and then pulls back to our speed and looks at us and gives the signal to slow down or stop. Well, it was Roy Rogers, who <coughs> spends a lot of time up there, but I don't think he'd ever met Elvis Presley before. So Roy Rogers says, can you stop and we'll talk? All the stop, he knew my dad, Mel, from before, and we were on the lake for about an hour telling old Hollywood stories, Roy Rogers, Elvis Presley, and my dad. And which is an interesting story because, or interesting fact, because it was the nation's number one cowboy by far. Roy Rogers was the biggest cowboy star of the time. Elvis Presley was the biggest singer of the time. And of course, Mel Blanc was the greatest voice artist of the time. You had three one-of-a-kind unique people on Big Bear Lake at one time telling Hollywood stories and drifting back to our dock and Elvis says, "Oh my gosh!" He looks at his watch. and says, "I gotta get out of here." <laughs> he left the building. He left. He left the building took off, jumped into the car. That was the last time we uh, we saw him in Big Bear because that was the only time that he was up there
0: doing the movie. Oh my gosh! That's Elvis has left the building. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! And to have Roy, that is. Uh, you must have been like, wait a minute, is this for real? I mean, I know yeah. you, you grew up with all this, but for, for you guys to be like um, going, yeah, right, this isn't an Elvis, and then him drive up in a black Cadillac, and I mean, do you guys must have been like, are you kidding me? Oh, that's well, so neat. That is so it, neat. Yeah. It, you know, You know,
1: Jack, Jack Benny, mm-hmm. talking about Jack Benny, used to pay a whole lot of strange tricks, on people, uh, just in fun little things. And Jack Benny was over at our house in the Pacific Palisades <clears throat> one night, uh, came by to see my dad. And uh, he says, you know, Mel, I'm, uh, Marilyn Monroe is gonna be on the show uh, a week from now. And I know that Noel thinks that she's the greatest thing. I says, yeah, I guess I was about 16. I says, yeah, Marilyn Monroe is a pretty amazing looking woman. He says, well, why don't you guys come down to the show uh, when your dad's on up this coming week because she's going to be the guest star. And so my dad says, sure, I'll bring him down for the show. So my dad and I go down to the show. And I say, yeah, I'm i going to get to see Marilyn Monroe up on the stage there. Right. And uh, they do the show and Marilyn's funnier and hack and it's a television show, naturally. Yeah. And uh, I guess about 1954, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after everybody leaves in the audience, I'm still sitting out there Somebody comes up, I I don't know who it was, and he says, "Uh, come on, Jack and your dad want you to come backstage and see uh, the the cast. So I walk up on the stage, because I want to see Marilyn Monroe, and Marilyn Monroe comes running out to me, throws her arms around me and says, no, I've been wanting to meet you for so long. See, Jack Benny put her up to that. I was just going to say, wait a minute. Walking up on the stage, Jack <laughs> Benny says, could you just run out there and throw your arms around and say, no, I don't want to meet you for so on. So that's the kind of gag that Benny would pull on people. Of course, I turned bright red, and uh, but I got to meet Marilyn Monroe in
0: person with her first hug. Who could possibly say that besides you? That she just, I mean, obviously <laughs> there's, there's others that she threw her arms around, but you were, that is just so, that is just. Ah, so precious and, oh, so sweet. These stories are are lovely. Oh, my gosh, Noel. I'm just so blessed that you're able to. I got
1: one more story before we we have to leave.
0: Oh, keep them coming. Keep them coming.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's, a Robin Williams story.
0: Oh, please. Uh, Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. Robin Williams, I used to visit at, uh, there were about three comedy clubs in Los Angeles, and uh, he'd play one of them, or he actually played all of them, and I thought he was just fantastic. His mind was going so quickly at all times, like Jonathan Winters' mind went that quickly all the time, always saying something, and if 80% of it was funny, then it was was raucous, it was great. And uh, so we were doing a lot of advertising because my dad and I had the Mel Blanc Associates with basically Produced advertising, comedy advertising for, for different people all over the country. And we were doing a series for Las Vegas Convention and Authorities Center. And, uh, we needed a small voice, uh, that I had seen him do, uh, at, on the comedy, at the comedy store. The voice was similar to what he uh, did with Mork and Mork and Mindy when he went to television. But it, Mork wasn't around at that time. And, uh, I just, I, uh, saw a guy at the comedy store that did a, a wonderful small voice that we could use. And um, Mel says, well, what's his name? Says, his name is Robin Williams and he lives in San Diego. He says, let's bring him up and see what he can do. So Robin Williams was supposed to come up and meet us at I think 10 o'clock in Beverly Hills and because we had a studio in my backyard.
0: That's the best way and, to do uh, it. That's the best way to do it.
1: So, and my dad lived in the Palisades but the studio that I had He would come in every day to it in in Beverly Hills, and uh, Robin was supposed to meet us at 10 o'clock, and uh, I get a call at 11 o'clock that day, where the microphones are all set up and everything. He says, this is Robin. He says, my Volkswagen bus blew up. I said, what do you mean blew up? He says, well, I think the motor ran out of something, and uh, I don't know what it is. I said, well, where are you? He says, well, we rolled it into the garage. We were near a garage. We just pushed it into the garage. I said, "Can you call a cab and be up here for an o- in an hour?" He said, "Oh, sure." Well, he finally gets up to the office and to the studio there in the little studio in the office. They start, Mel and he start talking about just mic placement and everything. Because Robin's all over the studio, he doesn't really know mic placement, or because he's doing a shtick, uh, running around that studio. So my- <laughs> I says, Robin, you know you you have to as I told you, some of your nose at the microphone and stay that distance from the microphone. It's about nine, ten inches. He says, Okay. And he did a wonderful, wonderful recording. We did six commercials that day, radio commercials with Robin. And he never forgot that because whenever I used to see him, he would always come and thank me for doing the first thing that he did that was of any uh, stature for doing a commercial like the Las Vegas Convention Center.
0: You know, but, uh, that's unbelievable.
1: What a, what, a, what a talented man.
0: Very talented and so um, so sensitive. And if we only could have known so much yeah. that goes on in the mind, you know, such a you sweet, know. kind he, man. I never
1: did. Mm-mm. When I used to see him, I saw him a lot and he was always 100%. Yeah. Amazing
0: a hundred and going a hundred percent you know and I just like I I talked with Kara a little bit about that and mental health and you know we, we we can wear these happy faces and but truly there's so much other things going on behind that and I don't know if you've seen that strange ad and they have a paper plate and they lift it up like she's smiling and it's for one of those medicines one of the um you know, commercials. Oh, yeah, no, but I
1: don't remember the commercials. No,
0: I don't, but I, I do remember the paper plate, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so silly, but it's so for real, you know, people just put those smiley faces, but they're really miserable on the inside, and it's just so sad, yeah. Yeah. but you know, Noel, this has been so, so cathartic for me. I'm just so grateful that you took some time out for me here on That's What I'm Talking About, and I could only, um, hope that we can reconnect there's so many things that I wanted to ask you
1: oh sure just keep them keep them together and then uh, maybe uh, when we go up to Big Bear we can meet and do uh, part two
0: I would really appreciate that um, Noel if you wouldn't mind and um, I would just that would just be so precious we also would love um, maybe if we can go out on the boat Uh, we have a boat and maybe we could tie off and have a sandwich. That would
1: be terrific. That would be terrific.
0: <laughs> all right, Noel. Okay. Well, may God bless uh, and you. Por-
1: mm-hmm. As Porky Pig would say, I'll <laughs> sign off with that. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me to, uh, that's what I'm talking about. The- that's what I'm talking about, as uh, Sylvester would say. And Porky Pig would say, yeah, 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 that's all,
0: folks. Thank you, Noel. May God bless you. Thank you, Porky Pig. Thank you, everybody. All those lovely voices that your father has passed on to you with your voice skills and talent. And once again, have a beautiful Holy Week. You too.
1: Okay. Holy, Week to you and a Holy Thursday too. And we we'll sign off
0: now because it's time. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Bye bye. That was Noel Blank the man of a thousand voices. His father was uh, deemed that name. And he, I believe, has really fallen into all of those beautiful voices. And I didn't tell you, but that darn it, I do have my studio here in my own home. And Alexa, off. So that is Molly, our doggie, and she is barking, and I apologize for her if you weren't able to hear Noel speak. But there was a really neat thing that we did years ago, and Noel was so gracious. Uh, We took a tour on a pirate ship on Big Bear Lake. So if you ever get an opportunity to get to Southern California in the mountain areas, which is our local uh, mountain resorts, um, it would be Big Bear Lake. Uh, And we took a pirate ship tour, and they stopped, and he was so gracious to come out. And he had a megaphone deal, and he signed said hello to us with his Looney Tune voices um, and we were all able to wave at him and he waved at us and I could only imagine how many times he's done that for folks and uh, talk about a really neat another just this is an amazing human being who's been so giving and so gracious to pretty much all of us folks and I am going to sign off that's all folks Cause that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No blank. That's what I'm talking about.